everybody. Welcome to the Disciple Making Disciples podcast. This is a podcast that is put out by Northwest Community Church in Cary, North Carolina. My name is Ryan, and I am one of the pastors at Northwest Community Church. What you listen to this podcast is a project that we started a few months ago to try to flesh out in conversation form what it looks like to be a disciple and to make disciples within our communities and within our our local church. So what you're going to hear today is the second part of myself and David Amon having a conversation with a church member, Michelle Lee. And, um, you know, as we've been talking about what it looks like to make disciples, what we've said several times is that, you know, this is a very individualized thing that we can't necessarily tell you exactly what it looks like for you to make disciples in your specific context. But what we can do is we can bring in some people who are currently in the process of making disciples right where they are, uh, people that are not in full-time ministry, but in their place of work or in their family or in their, their life group in church, are making disciples. And we can bring those people in and we can talk about them and we can get them to share what it looks like for them. And hopefully as you uh, continue to hear more and more examples of what this looks like in different contexts, God will use these conversations and use his word to gradually show you what it looks like for you to be a disciple-making disciple in your context too. So thank you for listening. And this is the second part of our conversation with Michelle Lee. sharing an example of a student that you've really seen God use you to make an impact with? Um, I have, there, there are several that like come to mind that were incredibly encouraging to me. And I think that's the thing is like every time that you're able to Like, your story is able to kind of nurture or encourage another person. Like, it it returns tenfold to you that level of encouragement. Like, you start to see, okay, this thing that I went through or this experience, it was worth it because this person in front of me is changed or encouraged by what what happened or what I experienced. So, you know, I have a couple of different students that come to mind. I had, I had this one student that, um, she was just in a really difficult situation, her, you know, at home with her family. And, um, she had an aunt that we, you know, in hearing like things that we were doing and the stuff I did on Sunday, or, um, there was a song that I referenced, I think, um, and she like picked up on it. She was like, oh my goodness, my aunt listens to that. And so we started having this conversation. I'm like, well, you know, you know, what do you think about what your aunt listens to? Have you ever gone to church with your aunt? Like, what is she, what do you think about her faith and things like that? And that led to just really deep conversations about how she viewed her family member's faith. And then internalizing that and thinking about, okay, well, you know, how, how does that impact me? What do I actually believe? Um, and just having 
you know, deep, meaningful conversations about that and about this is what the Bible says to us and this is how we internalize that and live our life according to um, the example that Jesus gave us. And, you know, this is a student that, that was already aware of and in, in, in a church setting but not hadn't given her life to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so talking through those different situations, it's it, it caused her to then take action with her family member and say, let's talk about this more. What does this mean in our family? Why is this the church that we go to? All of those kinds of things. And then she would come back and we'd have those conversations about it. And so it was kind of like a, you know, almost like a mentoring. Okay, well, what does your aunt think about this? Or what do you think about this? How does this affect your life? Those kinds of things. And so kind of um, leading her to a curiosity about her own faith was was a big part of that. Another student that I had, he um, had just moved to our high school, and he was he joined maybe like three weeks into the semester, so he didn't really know anybody there. He's kind of new to the school, but you know came from a family that was um, in poverty. Um, that that's the school that I was teaching at, at that point kind of um, brought in students from different socioeconomic status into the school to kind of balance things at that specific school. And, um, you know, he would, he would come in and I, I just really tried to get to know him as a person because I, I knew he just wasn't connected to people yet. And he would say things about a couple of his brothers that started getting me thinking like this, some, there's something else that's happening here. And so ultimately got to, you know, get, understand the full story. And he, two of his brothers were in prison. Um, he had a, a younger sister that went to the school as well. And he would, you know, not do work or, or get like two weeks late on stuff. And I'd pull him aside and be like, you know, what's going on? What do we need to do to catch up? Like, how are things going? What's going on at home? Are you, you know, how are you feeling? And ultimately led to this conversation where he's like, Mrs. Lee, I don't, this is not something that I am going to focus on. I don't care if I pass school. Like ultimately I can go sell on the street and I'm going to be making money for my family. That's how we're going to survive. Like I'm never going to make this much money doing anything else. Hmm. And, you know, in that conversation, I'm like that that seems really hopeless to me. And I don't believe that. I think you have way more potential than this. You're limiting yourself. And you know, the, the conversations that we had over a period of three or four weeks led to, you know, him sharing with me this kind of hopelessness that he felt about his life, what was next, how to even make it out of the situation that he was in he would say things like you know if 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 i make it to 18 i'm be doing good you know like things like that that were just absolutely hopeless like if he lived until yes. 18 well. and his expectation was i'm gonna be just like my brothers i'm gonna be in jail and who you know whatever who cares nobody cares about that i'm just gonna i need to do whatever i can to to make a buck and survive he was in survival mode yeah that's amazing kind of just the weight that people carry around that we 
might not realize. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is like, you know, he lives like 15 minutes from here. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's easy for us to not recognize that that's the life that people are living and that, you know, our, our students too, like our, our students in our student ministry, like need to have an awareness when they're walking in a, in the hallway at school. Like you need to recognize that this person's story may not be the narrative that you have like made up in your mind about who this person is. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it can be very different. Yeah. And the conversations that we were able to have, um, I think because, you know, he finally was at a point where he recognized that he could say that stuff and I wouldn't be like flipping out or like, like you're telling me a statement. It's a, it's a fact. It's a, it's true. You're telling me these things and I'm not going to like flip out and be like, Oh my goodness, you're so horrible and hmm. why would you do that? And he judge you know, all of those things. So he, he he could start to recognize that and and really open up and I you know, it led to these conversations that were about how I experienced faith hmm. in very difficult times and in times where I felt like things were hopeless, in times where I didn't want to live, in times where I was like no one cares if I walk this earth, you know, like there are dark times where I experienced unbelievable loneliness and I wasn't alone, (laughs) but I was unbelievably lonely. Um, and those are really dark, dark times and knowing how I was able to lean into my faith and, and, and really just understand that, you know, God was for me, even in really dark, hard times. It, it was really meaningful to be able to, to talk to him about those things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do, do I want to be the person who says, I led that child to faith 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't need that. Like that's God's job. And, um, and so I don't know. I don't know where his story ends up. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I, I love that you're, you're talking about a lot of seed planting and maybe you're not seeing mm-hmm. the fruit necessarily, but you have the long game in mind that you're part of their story. Even yeah. if it's, the ends, who knows where the end is. I mean, obviously they keep going. So I, I just love your perspective that you're bringing on that of you're being faithful with what God's put right here. Mm-hmm. Like however far that conversation, they let it go. Cause probably mm-hmm. as a teacher, you're probably also kind of, I was going to kind of ask you like, how do you walk that line of mm-hmm. how much can I say without this being, cause that's probably a challenge that you probably deal with in each of these relationships of being bold and yeah. appropriate with the faith piece. Yeah, I mean, people feel really strongly about this topic. <laughs> they feel very strongly. A lot of a lot of people are, you know, church and state are separate. Period. Yeah. A lot of Christians, um, fellow teachers that I've talked to, like there is there is a strong wall dividing line, and I don't, you know, people don't cross it. Um, you know, maybe I'm just 
fortunate that I did have that life before and I know I can go back to it anytime. <laughs> I don't know if that's like a parachute or whatever, but... Um, Do you ever find yourself taking unnecessary risks? Like, well, if this goes bad... <laughs> <laughs> I can jump back I can always call back that loss. <laughs> Um, no, I don't, but I think it, it definitely allows me to be more, more bold than, you know, there are a lot of other, there are a lot of people that are in a situation where, um, you know, this is everything, this is their livelihood, this is their survival, they're, you know, making ends meet and that's their, their option is, is this job. And so that's an unbelievable amount of pressure to to walk that line and to be nervous and worried about it um i'm not i just am not um and i don't that's probably not the best thing to say i probably should you know worry about it a little bit more but i think um when your perspective is and the approach that you take is to first have a curiosity about the person sitting in front of you and truly, truly want to understand what makes them them and then approach a conversation, a discourse with respect and gentleness, then it's really not much of a risk. Yeah. And... You're following their lead. Yeah. A lot of that too. That's right. That's yeah. right. And I think that, you know, that goes for any setting. That's not just in education, right? That's in any workplace that you're, you're in. Um, but I think it has to start with seeing the person who's sitting in front of you as a fellow image bearer. And, you know, that's, I think that's one of the things that as I walk into the school every single day, this is like one of the, you know, I like try to remind myself of things as I'm like going to my classroom. Yeah. And that's one of the things is, is like see this, these people, these beautiful, amazing, complicated, troubled, <laughs> creative, unique students uh, as fellow image bearers. Yeah. And, um, and it, I think if you, when you start from that place, it changes your, your perspective on how you can engage and talk to people. Is that when you, you said earlier that you don't know how teachers do it without Jesus? Is that kind of what you're speaking to? Like that gives you a framework for what you're doing all day long. Absolutely. You're like, if I didn't have that, why would I want to do this? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I cannot tell you like, I have been cussed out, things thrown at me, you know, fights broken out in front of me, you know, found out that there were, you know, weapons in my classroom. I mean, like really bad sure. things. And as a teacher, as an educator that goes into that classroom and kind of feels the brunt of whatever that kind of abuse is that's occurring, right? Um, if you don't, like, it's easy to say, man, this kid's a jerk, or, you know, see the behaviors that they're having as, you know, take it, I'll take it personally, like, it's a personal attack on me, 
like it's disrespectful, whatever. It's it's easy to focus on those those things, the behavior that's right in front of you. Um, and man, if I didn't have, you know, this kind of prompting to like remind myself this yeah. child who just cussed you out is an, a fellow image bearer and you need to respond in that way <laughs> it it's i don't yeah. know how people do that i don't i don't know i don't know it's it's a lot and and teachers absolutely face mm. so much yeah. um and so many teachers just you know they care so much about their students and a lot of students don't know how to let people care about them in a meaningful way. And so there's like this disconnect between, there's like this kind of tension or conflict in that, right? I want to care about you a lot and I want you to let me do that, yeah. but you don't know how to let me mm-hmm. do that. So I think there's a lot of tension in that mm. kind of relationship, but yeah. yeah. Well, so Michelle, um, what might, I, I've had conversations with multiple, multiple people in the church just since being here. And I don't know, maybe COVID has, I feel like COVID's caused a lot of people to sort of think more deeply about, it's broken up our rhythm, it's caused people to think more deeply about our life than maybe we would if we're just kind of, the daily grind is uninterrupted. But I've talked with numerous people that have said, maybe expressed a, a little bit of a similar feeling. Um, I'm not sure if they were crying in the shower, um, but, but this kind of unrest, like, oh, I think I want God to, I, I think God's telling me there's more. I feel a little bit like, you know, I'm in life group, I'm in Bible study. Um, you know, I, I have a good relationship with my husband or with my wife, but I just feel like there's something, there's, there's needs to be more. What would you tell somebody who who senses that unrest um, or kind of like, yeah, restlessness um, that might be from the Holy Spirit? How would you, what kind of advice would you give to them? Uh, I think, you know, being in God's Word, constantly praying, constantly like the these are things that I think bring you you know to a point where you know I think when we're praying we're a lot of the times that's like changing our perspective on whatever's happening you know when we're talking to God it's putting our focus on him versus the the way that we're like feeling in the moment And so I think, you know, being in constant prayer and, you know, reminding yourself or giving yourself, you reminders of like all that God has done and his promises and the, the things that he you know, has commanded and, and all of those things, keeping those forefront and present in your mind is really, really important because it helps you to start to recognize that, recognize those opportunities in a different way. Um, one of the, one of the things that I do 
because I think like this is it's not done right I mean like this is I I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit will continue to prompt me in these different situations that come up right just because I change jobs doesn't mean that that kind of um, restlessness goes away it's not that it goes away I think it's it's almost like a a sense of urgency in lots of different situations and so now it's kind of like funneled in the, the direction of students <laughs> but you know I think somebody who has that like unrest that uneasiness the the feeling that they're being prompted to do something more I mean I think I never if I hadn't been just desperate for God to do a work I don't know that I would have said yes. So I think embracing the that desperation for something to move forward, I think it, it's okay to have that feeling. I think I was so uncomfortable with it that I was just like, I don't know what's happening. I got to do something different. I got to jump to a different job. I got to talk to people. Like I was trying to, you know, figure it out and fix it. But honestly, like embracing that feeling of unrest and recognizing it as the Holy Spirit's prompting and then seeking truth in God's word and and being in prayer, I think is probably like the best. I think that's like generally the best advice in life, right? Is just to, to be doing those things. And then you know, putting in place disciplines that kind of keep your mind focused there because I think it's easy to get distracted by the uncomfortableness. But I think when you're there, if you, if you're in that place where you're keeping those disciplines in the forefront, I think it's easier to recognize the opportunities Hmm. when you're, when that's not the forefront, right? Then you're, you're kind of distracted by, um, you know, it's easier to be distracted by like, okay, what am I, what do the kids need right now? You know, what's, what am I cooking for dinner? What's, you know, and those are all things we have to do. Um, and then that unrest just gets kind of put on the back burner yeah. and you don't ever really dive yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. I think embracing it and, and yeah. And seeking, seeking God, like just communion with God. In, in those moments so it seems like there could be I could imagine people going to two extremes like one is sort of like ignoring it mm-hmm. and saying like oh you know people feel this way all the time like just like don't be silly like you have a you have a career just keep going mm-hmm. on the path that you're on you're not you know a drug dealer or a murderer <laughs> like right. things are fun there's kind of the ignoring it and then there's mm-hmm. I could imagine some people also going to the other extreme where they're like oh no I'm a terrible person. Mm-hmm. God must be mad at me mm-hmm. because I'm, you know, I, I'm just this awful and, and feeling very condemned. Mm-hmm. And both of those, you're kind of whether it's whether it's kind of ignoring that voice or being afraid, like kind of shrinking back from God. Mm-hmm. Both of those are ways that we kind of that we avoid God mm-hmm. in those in those yeah. times. And what I hear you saying is that no, this is a time to really. Uh, reaffirm your commitment to your quiet time, mm-hmm. to your prayer life, 
to maybe your life group or an accountability relationship. Mm-hmm. And instead of thinking that God's, you know, waiting to smack you with a stick, mm-hmm. say, no, I'm going to remind myself, you mentioned God's promises. I know mm-hmm. God loves me. Like God accepts me just mm-hmm. as I am. And it's a, it's a, it's a time to really, uh, to double down on mm-hmm. those spiritual disciplines and those practices mm-hmm. that bring us close to God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You said that way better than I did. <laughs> you had a minute to digest and think about that. I definitely did not, uh, did not answer that question as good as you did, but that's awesome. Yeah. I, something that I, that I know we wanted to, to draw out and hear you talk a little bit more in this conversation is we've heard from people in the church body when we talk about this idea of being disciples who make disciples and people are like, well, what does that mean? What do I, how do I do that? And, and I think there's this piece where in some ways, we want to tell people, here's how you do that. Mm-hmm. But in other ways, we're trying to help show people there's a lot of ways that we're faithful mm-hmm. to the call to, to go and make disciples, to, mm-hmm. to be on mission with Jesus. And so one of the things we, we wanted to hear you talk about is how you see yourself being obedient to Jesus' command to go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. And what, how does your life reflect in obedience to that? I'm putting words in your mouth, but that's because I, I know you've said them through this conversation already. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how that, how you see that, how you see yourself as a disciple maker? Like, mm-hmm. what is it that that looks like in your day-to-day life as a teacher mm-hmm. um, and as a, as a colleague? Because mm-hmm. I think you've already spoken to, it's not just as an educator, but it's mm-hmm. also as a peer. Yeah. Well, could, you, could you flush that out for us some and, 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 and we can dialogue on that, but yeah. Yeah, I think... It, it is kind of a, a confusing statement, like disciples making disciples. Like, who am I a disciple of? I'm a, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I'm not a disciple of a person or, a, you know, okay, so. Um, You're not making Michelle's disciples. No, I yeah. do not want Michelle's running around. <laughs> no, that, that would be a lot of trouble. Um, so I think. You know, making sure that you're, first of all, centered on whose disciple are you is really, really critical. Um, And then, you know, it is hard to not be like, I want a whole bunch of Michelles running around. (laughs) Hey, here's here's your, you know, here's the thing you should do. Look at me. Look what I accomplished. Yeah, yeah. Woo! No, that's hard. I mean, we all, I think... You know, we, everybody, in, anytime you accomplish something, it doesn't matter what it is, right? You want somebody to affirm that. You want to be like, yeah, I want to look up to that or I want to do that or be that. I mean, you, everybody wants their kids to do that too, right? You want that to happen in your life. And so I think, you know, being really grounded in the fact that, you know, Jesus is the one that we're disciples of. Um is absolutely critical. And so then if that's where, if that's where you're starting, then your conversations, your actions, your discuss, you know, the things you're discussing, um, they're all through that lens. And so I think that's, that's really important. But to your question, like, how do I see myself being a disciple who makes disciples? I think, you know, there are a lot of different areas in, in life where I, um, where I try to, you know, model that and, and be that um, in the school, in the classroom. You know, I think it's, 
you know, in conversations with students who are believers, that that's a that's a area of of this. This is where that occurs. So, you know, they're disciples of Jesus, then you know, we can have a different kind of conversation and and I can challenge them and encourage them in things. I mean, just this, this last week, I have a student that, you know, he's asked me what, what church I go to. And so we're talking about it. And he's like, oh, what kind of church is that? I was like, it's non-denominational. And he's like, oh, what is that? Does that mean you're, you're okay with all denominations? Is that what that means? You know, <laughs> so, so it, you know, it becomes a conversation challenging them to think about and have a curiosity about things within their faith. And so we, we ended up having this whole conversation about, um, we were talking about another uh, religion that, that he's like, this is a Christian religion as well. And, and I was like, well, let's talk about that. And let's talk about the, the differences or challenges, you know, you know, how do you feel about an addition to the Bible? How do we feel about this? How do you feel about it? What do you think about that? Is that okay? You know, and so it's all, it's, it's not like I am, you know, saying this is what I believe. Here's what you should believe. I'm right. And you're wrong. That can, that's, I don't ever want that to be the conversation. I want to lead that person to a newfound curiosity about who Jesus is. And so I think that that's a big part of discipleship is you know, setting aside my need to say, I know what I'm talking about. I'm right. And I want you to know that I'm right. Setting that aside and being like, I, what I really want to accomplish is I want to help you come to this newfound curiosity about who Jesus is and how he's worked in your life. And then how you can lead other people to that curiosity and understanding and appreciation for who God is and the sacrifice that he made for us. I think that that's, I think that's how I see discipleship playing out in my work setting. And the same, same with colleagues and the students. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a theme throughout all of this has been, first of all, like I hear you saying that the, f- the first step to being a disciple maker is just being a disciple mm-hmm. and that, you know, as you are talking, you know, you talk about how you've dealt with hopelessness and you deal with hopelessness as a disciple who relies on Jesus. And so when you see other people that are dealing with hopelessness, then you can relate to them as somebody who is walking a similar path or has walked, has walked the path that they are walking and you can share with them how your faith has impacted, has impacted that. So part of it, honestly, just, it sounds like a huge part of, from what you're saying and your example being a disciple maker is being a disciple and then getting to know people and being honest. Mm-hmm. It's like we talked in a recent podcast about the idea of the open Bible, open life, and open faith. Mm-hmm. This idea of the open faith where, again, open faith, this term doesn't mean like that you're like that, that you're writing little Bible verses on all your students' papers when you grade them, or that you're yeah. you're wearing like a, a giant cross necklace or something. No, it means that you you're a Christian, and you're that's who you are. Mm-hmm. And so when people get to know you, they see somebody who is learning to trust, love, and obey Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and also just kind of you mentioned the word curiosity mm-hmm. several times. Just let me like 
being curious about other people and hearing their stories and being a good listener and you know whether it's a, a, a VP in Cisco that you run into that you took the time to you know to to have a longer conversation with to ask the second question to give some space to listen or whether it's a a colleague at at the school or whether it's a student just just being a good listener and 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 like you said it's not it's not how do I answer their questions I'm making I'm a disciple of Jesus and I'm trying to point you not to me but to Jesus and so that's kind of where the like let's think about this together I'm standing next to you looking at Jesus what does Jesus say about this yeah type of a relationship yeah I mean that's at the end of the day I think that's what I want more than anything for my students is to have that recognition and to have a saving relationship with Christ like that you know and so I think that you know it's not, I'm not going to be the one who's like, oh, I saved you, right? I can't, that's not, I can't be that for them. But I can, like you said, stand next to them and look at Jesus together and, yeah. Is there anything, anything else that, David, any other questions or Michelle, anything that you'd like to, like to share? Um... Is your school hiring any other disciple-making <laughs> teachers that you want to personally recruit today? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think, you know, um, yeah, I'm in, I'm in a setting in education and, and I'm with, you know, high schoolers and that's my, that's my audience. But I think, you know, any person has has that same it's not like I'm like special or something because I'm like you know a teacher in front of high schoolers I think you know there are hurting lost people in front of all of us and um you know I just I think about um there was this I was like kind of reflecting on some things um you know yesterday and today and I think you know we, in youth group, we've talked about, um, we've been going through James uh, kind of again, and we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, this, this you know, the verses in James that, that talks about, you know, faith apart from works is dead and, you know, being justified by works and some different things like that. And I think, you know, sometimes we like fall into this habit of, I gotta have works, I gotta have works, I gotta have works. And, and I think... That can be like when you're talking about the, the, the sides of that people go to, right? Like mm-hmm. that can be one of the sides that we go to is like, oh, I got to do a bunch of stuff. I yep. got to do something here. And I think I fell into that for a little bit. But I think at the end of the day, when I reflect on what, what we're being told in that passage and how that kind of like comes out in disciples making disciples, um... I think when you're when you're focused on who God is and what God has done and you begin to reflect on what he's done in your life and then you tell other people about that and you you recognize the glory of God and in 
your life and how much he has done, um, you have you have no there's no other choice. You have no other choice. You like it it, it pours out like you can't stop it. Mm-hmm. Like it you have to tell people about Jesus. You have to take the step. You have like it's like a like you just can't stop it. It's like it's overflowing. Uh, yeah, yeah. you like well, something's overflowing has no choice but to overflow. You you like I I my mouth doesn't want to open right now, but it's just coming out like it. Um, and so I just pray that that is the state that I live in every day. Mm. Like there, that's, that's not what my flesh wants, right? My flesh wants to like have it easy and have, you know, these surface conversations, whatever, like that's what my flesh wants. My flesh wants people to recognize I'm doing a good job, whatever. Mm. But I pray every single day that I am completely overwhelmed by the need to act and that those works just overflow from, you know, my reverence for who God is and what he's done in my life. And so I think that, you know, that's, that's a hard thing to pray for because it's not, um, maybe comfortable all the time but man it's just it's an awesome place to be i can't say i live there every day that's definitely not where i live every day because sometimes you know i fail a lot and um but that's where i that's you know where i i pray that that's where i'm living every day it's awesome well could we just kind of close the time by could 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 i just pray for you and pray for for your students and yeah. um, can we that'd be a good way to end absolutely yeah. thank you Father we um, yeah, we just lift you up and Jesus this is not about Michelle this is not about um, mm-hmm. me this is not about our church this is about you mm-hmm. and so you are uh, you are the savior you're the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and you must increase and we must decrease. Mm-hmm. And Father, we just lift up our sister, Michelle, and mm-hmm. I thank you for I thank you for coming after her when mm-hmm. she was had the dream job at Cisco. I thank you for coming after her to draw her deeper into um, into you so she can experience more and more of your glory and more of your love for her mm-hmm. and um father you promised us that um that if we believe in you then um then the holy spirit becomes just like a, a spring of living water mm-hmm. that just pours out of us and then wells up into eternal life and so god we we know holy spirit that you are never going to get tired of just giving Michelle more and more and more of Jesus, and we and so we thank you for that, and we ask you to keep keep doing it, keep giving her more patience, keep giving her more conviction, keep giving her more humility, uh, keep giving her more joy, and God, we pray. I pray for this young man um, who she was mentioning who didn't, you know, wasn't sure he was going to make it to eighteen. We pray that he would come to know you. We pray that. Uh, Holy Spirit, you would just work with her um, 
work through her to bless these students and draw them to you. And God, we pray for other people in our church as well who might be having some of that, uh, that sense of restlessness. We, um, we pray against condemnation or fear. Mm-hmm. We also pray against, um, against, against laziness. Um, and we ask that you would help us to walk with you step by step. And God, just raise us up to be a, an army of brothers and sisters who are making disciples of, of Jesus for your glory. Um, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Disciple Making Disciples podcast, this conversation with Michelle Lee. Hope this has been helpful for you. I think one thing I really appreciate about what Michelle shared today is just the intentionality with which she approaches every single day um, of her job as a, as a teacher in Wake County. And the way she approaches every student and every teacher is somebody that the Lord cares about and somebody who has a story and just trusts in the Holy Spirit to, to be a part of that and point them to, to Christ. I think it's a good reminder for all of us that we might not be we might not be school teachers, but we can bring that same intentionality and mentality to our our job or to our home or to whatever we're doing in our in our community. So again, hope this has been helpful for you. This is the last podcast episode that we're going to be putting out for a while. Uh, hopefully we'll get a round of podcast conversations up again in the fall. But feel free to go back and kind of review the previous several episodes that we put out as we talked about what it looks like to be a disciple, to be somebody who's learning to trust, love, and obey Jesus, and what it looks like to make disciples, to help other people, uh, whether it's a, a non-believer, whether it's a young believer, or even a mature believer, what it, helps, what it looks like to help them uh, grow in learning to trust, love, and obey Jesus even more deeply. If you have any thoughts or comments or questions um, or things you'd like to hear us discuss on a future podcast episode, then we'd love to hear those. You can, if you're local, you can reach out to to myself, Ryan, or or David, or Michelle, and let us know. If you're not local, then you can send us an email at info at northwestlife.org. That's info at northwestlife.org. Thanks for listening. And may God help you and help all of us as we seek to be disciples who make more disciples.